You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. And welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Rumbo a Super Bowl. Hello to the people. We got the new countdown song. If you are if you are not watching us live on YouTube. Or whether, you know, sometimes we're live on Twitter or Facebook on the I'm a Miami Dolphins fan Facebook page. You miss the countdown music that we play before the show. And the, what's interesting is that the, the song that we used to play as our countdown song in the old days is now the new theme song, but we had to get a new countdown song. And the new countdown song is Hansel y Raul Rumba Super Bowl. For the Miami Dolphins, and it is this like got this like I don't know, salsa. man. I'm it's I am so into it. It it's a great tune, Brian. Yes, I mean Check nothing is more Miami, more South Florida than Hansali Raul, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's good stuff. And so you got to check that out. They, you can download the song from Miami Dolphins Vinyl on SoundCloud. So you want to check that out if you want to. Uh, you want to if you want to download that song and just jam to it on your own time which you're certainly welcome to do and I would encourage you to do it because it's I mean it is a great 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 song from from where I'm sitting anyway I think it's a great great song hopefully you do too if you haven't been watching live now you've got another reason to watch it live but brain we're not here to talk about music although I mean it's certainly something that's on our mind at the moment training camp has begun for your Miami Dolphins and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We also have a little bit of news. The Dolphins made another signing, which is uh, pretty exciting. They also released a player. Uh, wide receiver Cody Core has been released with a non-football-related injury. Uh, but the new signing is Mohamed Sanu. And uh, so now we can all sing, what's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. And, uh, you know, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Cap for Life was watching live. He knows what I'm talking about. But before we get into all of that, a reminder to all of you, if you're not doing so already, make sure you're following us on Twitter. I'm at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. And uh, you can download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere podcasts are found. So we encourage you to do that. We encourage you to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. We appreciate it very much. And make sure that you go to DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So, uh, And we're going to have all kinds of great content happening over there at Dolphins 
DolphinsTalk.com all throughout training camp and the preseason into the regular season. And of course, the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, head over, subscribe, turn on notifications so you know every time we go live and you will never miss it when uh, Hansel e Raul get going in your earballs to, to let you know that another episode of the same old Dolphin show is on the way. So now that we got all the plugs in, uh, something else that we want to do on the show is we want to get your hashtag one hot take for Miami Dolphins training camp. So if you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, we encourage you to put your one hot take into the comments, and we will share some of those a little bit later on in the program. And of course, if you have any questions for us, feel free, throw them in the chat. We'll get to as many of them as we can. And especially as it's pretty early in training camp, not a whole lot on the agenda yet to talk about, but we certainly wanted to make sure that we could bring you a show this week. So we're going to do that tonight. We're going to talk about Sanu. We're going to talk about Brain. We're going to talk about expectations, expectations for the 2022 Miami Dolphins. So if you would like to share your expectations for the 2022 Miami Dolphins, we invite you to share those in the chat as well. Thank you for watching live. Thank you for being part of the DolphinsTalk.com family and for uh, tuning in to this episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. So, Brain, let's, jo- let's go right off the top. I mean, really, Dolphins wasted no time. First day of training camp, practice hadn't even happened yet, and we get the news that the Miami Dolphins had signed Mohamed Sanu, wide receiver, veteran wide receiver. Been around for a while. He's been around the league for some time. Uh, Certainly not the player that perhaps he was in his younger days. While the terms of the contract have yet to be disclosed, we have a feeling it's we know it's a one-year deal. Uh, it, It seems likely that it is probably not going to be a significant hit for the Dolphins cap-wise. They're probably not committed to having Sanu on the roster just for purposes of, you know, the contract in all likelihood. But Brain, what was your initial reaction when you found out that the Dolphins had gone out and, and brought in a guy like Mohamed Sanu? My initial reaction was, okay, well, this is a guy that is probably going to make the roster, and that means it's it's one less spot that's open, and it's probably, you know, a wake-up call for guys like Preston Williams and Trent Sherfield, because when you when you think about when you look at the roster spots that are available, particularly at wide receiver, you know that you basically have four spots locked up. You've got obviously Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Cedric Wilson just with the draft and cap, you know, committed, you know, money committed there. Like those three players are your top three receivers. Then you take in Eric Azucama and you know that you picked him this year in the fourth round. That guy's going to make the roster. Uh, so, you know, how many guys they're going to keep at wide receiver, that's a relative unknown. But you could probably estimate that it's probably going to be somewhere between five, six, or seven. And I would guess, based on the amount of tight ends that we have, the fact that we're going to keep a fullback, I would assume that we're probably not keeping more than six. So if you assume that we're keeping six, then, um, you know, you really only have two spots available. So if Mohamed Sanu is going to definitely take up one of those spots, then you really only have one spot available. But I don't think that Mohamed Sanu is necessarily a lock for a roster spot. I think he has an inside track being that he spent basically a year and a half, the last year and a half that he's been in the league 
with San Francisco under Mike McDaniel. So Mike McDaniel bringing him in, I think there's not just familiarity there, but obviously there's something that Mike McDaniel sees in Mohamed Zanu that he likes for this offense. And what I think it is, is that is not just that, you know, this is a veteran presence and a guy that you could probably rely on to be where he's supposed to be and do what he's supposed to do. But I think the fact that he can block that he's a, not just a physical receiver, but he's a guy that can block. We've talked about it. It's kind of, you know, it's been talked about it, but maybe we haven't really talked about it a lot recently. The importance of the wide receivers blocking in this offensive scheme for the running game is huge, especially when you consider you know, the style that this offense is, you know, the way this is thing is going to be built, not just for the running game, but really for run after catch wide receivers in this offense for this offense to reach the potential that they want it to reach that we all want it to reach. These wide receivers are going to have to be able to block. So Muhammad Sanu being a more physical guy, a guy that can block uh downfield. I think that's the the most value here in Muhammad Sanu's game. Uh, and I think it's a, you know, direct competition to a guy like Preston Williams and a guy like Trent Sherfield, because those are your three bigger body guys. You've got a guy like Lynn Bowden Jr., uh, who is more of a gimmicky guy, uh, more of a slot guy that you can do some things with. I wonder if that means that if Lynn Bowden Jr., is healthy and flashes anything that he's kind of got a spot locked up, but I don't think it's guaranteed because he still needs to show it, but it kind of feels like he's got that role as long as he can show up in the preseason and, and flash a little bit and that it's really three guys battling for one other role in this wide receiving core, which, and those three guys, again, Muhammad Sanu, Trent Sherfield, and Preston Williams. And that, and look, if, if one of those guys, like if, if Lynn Bowden Jr. doesn't step up to the plate, then that opens the door for the possibility that, you know, maybe two of those three guys can make it, can make it. Maybe it opens the door for somebody else that maybe we're not thinking about. And hey, maybe the Dolphins just keep five wide receivers because that's also a possibility when you take a look at the, you know, the depth in the tight end room and the running back room and at quarterback ask, because they might keep a third quarterback. I, I doubt it very much. I that they're keeping. I mean, Skyler. they took a seventh round pick. I mean, yeah, I just I, I think he's going to be on the practice squad. I don't imagine Skylar Thompson is going to be somebody that they put on the active roster at any time this season, because if not, if they if they put him on the active roster, he's somebody that's going to get sniped by somebody else. Uh, well, so no, I that's I the danger of putting him on the practice squad. Is that it'll well, get sniped, sniped by somebody else? So that's the that's the thing. You like, you used a draft pick on this guy in a draft where you only had four picks. So you, your picks were at a premium, and you used one on a quarterback. He's clearly not going to be uh, on the Ross. He's not going to beat out Tua or Teddy Bridgewater, barring injury. Knock on wood. But you know, if he's a guy that shows something, particularly on film in preseason games, then that might be a guy that takes up a roster spot I gotta, because you could lose him. I got We got to rewind a minute because you talked about the big body guys. You didn't mention Eric Azucama. Well, I said he's a, locked. He's a, he's locked in. I know, but you didn't I don't mention think him as a big body spot. guy. Brain, look at this picture. Look at this guy. He's... Well, is he a big body guy? I he's mean, a big he's got body some guy. biceps. He's got some he's biceps. Jacked. But. He's jacked. 
This guy's going to make some plays. For those of you who are, who are not watching the show, who are listening to it after the fact, the, the Miami Dolphins posted a picture of Eric Ekuzama today, and my God, Ezukam, excuse me. Uh, and this guy, this guy's jacked. This guy's jacked, Brain. I like the Terrell Davis braces look. Yeah? No, I like the braces. Well... Either way. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know that Sanu is necessarily a lock to make the team, but the other thing that Mike McDaniel has talked about is the fact that he wants to, he likes the idea of bringing in a few veterans to balance with all of the youth on the team. And I think Sanu is exactly that kind of guy. Another aspect of Mo Sanu, that guy can throw the football. Mo Sanu can throw the football. Cedric Wilson can throw the football. If Lynn Bowden makes the team, he can throw the football. Now you got three receivers who can throw the ball. I'm not saying that this is a Dolphins team that's going to be all about tricks and gimmicks and all of that stuff. But, you know, a little extra dimension never hurt. You know what I mean? I hear you. So, there. I mean, that'll go. Like, if those, all, if those guys all make the roster, I guess you don't really need Skylar Thompson. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, I'm very, I'm very excited. I think the Sanu signing is a good one. I don't know if you're, if you're a fantasy football guy. I do not believe that that is a move, a signing that is going to move the needle at all in terms of that. I think if you're looking at, maybe we'll do. We every year we talk about doing an episode where we specifically talk about the Miami Dolphins in terms of fantasy football, uh, and maybe we'll still do that at some point before the before the regular season kicks into gear. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine that that is a, a needle mover for any of the prospects of, for, of any of the Miami Dolphins skill players in terms of fantasy football this year. But either way, it's a it's a veteran presence on the team, which is which is a good thing. Dolphins also signed cornerback Tino Ellis, who was originally a UDFA signed by the New Orleans Saints, was released by the Saints. The Dolphins had picked him up, and then he was released by the Dolphins in twenty, I believe twenty one, and now the Dolphins have brought him back. Uh, we'll see whether he makes the team. He's one of those guys that can compete in uh, what is going to be a very deep secondary. For the Miami Dolphins. So maybe he's a, I think this is a guy who's got to be thinking maybe he can sneak onto the practice squad and have himself a job that way. So that's kind of, that's kind of the big news other than the fact that training camp, you know, really started in earnest today and everybody was in really good spirits. We got a clip of, of Tua throwing just a beautiful pass on target to uh, Tyreek Hill, which every time you, Every time there's something like that to put out there, the Miami Dolphins crack social media team is going to be all over it, putting it out there. And then, of course, it's going to get thrown around and passed around and everybody's going to be, you know, super excited. And then you're going to have all the other people on the other side who are like, ah, it's one pass, it's practice, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the fact of the matter is there's a buzz in the air around this team. We talked about this loosely in the last episode of the show. There's a buzz around this team. A lot of people are saying that this is the best Miami Dolphins team since, what, 2002, 2003. I heard Dave Hyde was out here saying this is the best Miami Dolphins team since they went to the AFC Championship game and lost to Buffalo in 92. And this is the Miami Dolphins, best Miami Dolphins roster since then. I'm not going to get into that debate. But the fact of the matter is, no matter, it seems that no matter where you go, there is a buzz about the Miami Dolphins this year that is different than the buzz that has been around this team the last few seasons. Then I think in the last few years, it's always been the energy has been more in hope than expectation 
around this team, but it genuinely feels like now, in 2022, the year of our Lord, 2022, that there are, in fact, serious expectations for this Miami Dolphins football team. And so that's kind of what I want to get into. And again, if you're in the chat, hit us up with your expectations for this team. In fact, we have one here from Chris. He gives us his prediction. He says the Dolphins squeak into the playoffs by earning the seventh seed. So the expectation there is that the Dolphins make the playoffs. So my question for you, Bryn, what is your expectation? And how? Well, before we get into your expectation, how are you feeling now that training camp has gotten underway and this buzz is in the air? Are you feeling it? I'm feeling it, but honestly, like it hasn't, it hasn't gotten real to me. Like I've been in this mode really since that, like one day. <laughs> I think it all happened on the same day when we got Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead. Uh, like I've been in this mode where like I can see this going really, really well and I could see this being disappointing and I'm just like, I, I, I want to get it. I want right to get excited. I want to get excited. And, and like when I look at the Dolphins on paper, I see a playoff team. I see a team that can contend. And if the Dolphins, if this was any other team, but the Miami Dolphins, I would look at this roster and I'd say, that's a playoff team. The only thing that gives me any trepidation is the fact that they're the Miami Dolphins. So, and I've seen this so many times. So I, I, I'm constantly in this state where I'm just like, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. And then I'm like, like, like I could see this team winning 11, 12 games. I could see this team making a deep run. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, listen to yourself. This is the Dolphins. They didn't make the playoffs last year. You were a little bit excited about that. Like, let's take a step back. And so I'm constantly at this moment where I'm like, I want to get excited. And then I pull myself back. And it's like, the closer we get, the more excited I get. But the more I'm like, nope, you got to pull yourself back. And so I've constantly been in, and it's, it's kind of exhausting, but it's like, it's exciting. And until we actually get football so that we can analyze it, it's hard to really know, like, am I just over, like, am I just like overexcited? Am I, am I being a homer? Am I like a prisoner of the moment and, the, and just getting excited about these offseason transactions like all of us Dolphin fans do year after year after year? Or is this year actually different? And so it's very exciting that we've hit the next stage. You know, for about two months, really since the draft, it's been nothing has really happened. And we're just analyzing our expectations and like, this could happen. This could happen. What is this going to look like? This could happen. You know, what, what if this guy plays at this roster spot? Are we going to sign this guy? What, you know, now we're finally there. Well, we're almost there. We're at the next step. We're now. There is actually things going on that can be analyzed. Is it the most important stuff? Is it stuff that we're going to overreact about? Yeah, sure. That That's all well and good. But the fact is we're one step closer and we're finally getting new information. And that is exciting. Yes. I, so I, what I was the agree. question again? 
What are your expectations for this team? Oh, okay. So how do you define, like, are you, because like, you know, I'm, we're, we're like, do you want me to give you like, what do I think the Dolphins are going to do sitting here right now at this point going into the training camp? Or what do I think the expectations should be like, like as a Dolphin fan, like where should the expectations be as far as like, what is a successful season? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's the question, right? Because I think you could easily say, um, you could easily say, I expect the Dolphins to make the playoffs, but I equally expect them to, you know, to to screw it up. You could definitely say that. So I guess my my thought is the way that I would look at it is, what is the result that would make you go, yep, this is where this is really what I expected this season. Like this is really what I thought when I really sat down and looked at it. I go, this is what this team should end up doing. Right. First because and I think for us, for us jaded Dolphins fans, for the guys that host the show called the same old Dolphin show, it makes it's very easy for us to say, well, yeah, I expect the Dolphins to screw it up and fall short and finish seven and nine and or seven and ten and miss the playoffs. It's easy for us to say that. But I'm gonna say this right now. I do not expect the Dolphins to finish seven and ten this season. Okay. I I think there is a range of out if, if if I'm looking at the possible range of outcomes this year, one of the worst possible outcomes for this team is seven and ten. Is it would I be completely shocked if that happened? No, I wouldn't be completely shocked, but I don't expect that, right? So what I expect, well, I'll, I'll let you answer first because I I have what I expect this team to do, and um, you know, and then and then we'll. You give your answer, and then I'll come back to my thought. In a stunning turn of events, I suddenly feel like the one with the with the aqua and orange glasses on, uh, because I don't think it in thinking realistic in in my expectations. Now, it, is there like we like to talk about? Is there a world where this can happen? There's there's infinite number of possibilities. So seven and ten is certainly a possibility. But in my realistic expectations, I think. There's a range where I think the low end, I think the floor for this Miami Dolphins team is what they were last year. Like, I cannot see this team being worse than they were last year, considering all of the additions, all of the players that are a year older, all of the things that went wrong last year. I really don't see a scenario other than a ton of injuries where this team has a worse record than they had last year. So I look at nine and eight, their record from last season as the floor. And I think the ceiling is look, Tua takes the next jump. One of Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg turn into a, you know, an adequate starter. And all of a sudden, and, 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 you know, Teron Armstrong and Colin, uh, Will, and Connor Williams are, you know, are good and they're healthy. Like the defense continues to take a next step, which you should expect. I think there, it is a reasonable expectation that the ceiling of this team is like 12 and five and that the only, really the only team that's significantly better than them in the conference is Buffalo. Whoa. Because realistically, I mean, like 
like, I think Buffalo is, I think the AFC is Buffalo and everybody else. I think you can make a case for Baltimore. I think you can make a case for Kansas City and Los Angeles. And I think those teams, like, if you're, if you're looking at like the range of outcomes and likelihoods based upon what we've seen and the guys that are on those rosters, I would rank those teams ahead of Miami. But aside from those teams, I'd put Miami's roster up against anybody's. In fact, I, the more I've thought about this, and I mean, this is a huge distinction considering the importance of these two units. But if you took out quarterback and offensive line, I don't know that there's a roster better than the Miami Dolphins if you take out the quarterback and the offensive line. Now, granted, those are two. If you take away two of the most important positions on the field. (laughs) Right, 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 right. But it's just to say, like, if the offensive line, it will, like, what I'm saying is, is that if that's the case and Tua makes a jump, and the offensive line gets better. I mean, I don't see how the offensive line can't be better. Um, like, ha- like this team legitimately has the potential to be as good as any of those teams. I would say probably safe for Buffalo, although injuries could happen also. So Buffalo could, I mean, look, anything could happen. I would say nine wins is the floor. 12 wins is the ceiling. So reasonable expectations, 10 or 11 wins. I think this should be a playoff team. I'm not going to be shocked if they're not just because of the depth of the AFC. But I think 10 to 11 wins is a very, very reasonable expectation. And as a Dolphin fan, what you should, what you should be expecting, because when I think of what your expectation should be, I don't think of, well, this is what I think is going to happen. What I think of is, well, what should I expect to happen if in the vision of this team, if the vision is correct? Like, what is the, what is the, the thing, what is the result for this season where it would, it would tell me, Hey, the Dolphins are really on the right track. That was a good season. And that would be make the playoffs and win a game. Well, that would do be, I that think that's going to happen. I, I'm not quite there yet. I do think they're going to be a playoff team at this moment, but I want to see, I think all of our expectations should be make the playoffs, win a game, because if you make the playoffs and win a game, you've really kind of, I mean, we haven't won a playoff game since what? 2001? 2001. Jesus. Let's, let's do it. This, this it? could be the it's, year. I mean, you want to say, Hey, this is the best Dolphins team in 20 years. Prove Do it. it. Prove it. Win, win a playoff game. Cause well, that's something we haven't done in 20 years. Yeah. And, and the thing that the Dolphins have, like the, 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 the toughest thing for the Dolphins, and it just happens, you know, it's just their luck that when we finally reach the end of this Patriots dynasty that is so good, right? That this, this Patriots dynasty that won every year and was there always every year, one of the best teams in the league. Finally, that dynasty dies and suddenly, one of the other sleeping giants in your division awakens and is suddenly a powerhouse. And now the Buffalo Bills are one of the best teams in the league. And again, they're right there in your division. So the Dolphins now have to take on the Bills twice a year. Not only do they have to def- play the Bills twice a year at a team that they haven't, that they've had a very hard time and have not been able to beat recently, 
that the fact of the matter is that's the, that's what that's the team they have to beat to win the division in order to get a home playoff game they have to they have to finish ahead of that team right and so <laughs> this is an amazing comment from uh oh from mrs from mrs brain the amount of times she hears this, this could be the year she's saying that the brain is always an eternal optimist in july and august fantastic fantastic in, in i love dolphin, that we've got true doll uh, fandom We've got Mrs. Brain in the chat trolling the brain during the show. It's fantastic. But so, yeah, the Dolphins now are in this division with Buffalo, and that is like the big mountain that they have to climb because the automatic playoff spot goes to the team that wins the division, and to win the division, you got to beat Buffalo. So that's the big thing, right? So now the Dolphins have to make it into the playoffs with one of those wild card spots, and then if they're going to win a game, it has to be a game on a, that they win on the road. Now, to their advantage, that means they're probably... Uh, in the first round of the playoff there. I mean, they're playing a team from the AFC South, AFC North or AFC West. If they make it into the playoffs, theoretically, anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. That's just kind of the fact that that's what they would be looking at. But as far as expectations go for this team, I expect that this team is going to play a lot better against the Buffalo Bills this year and be much more competitive against that team than they've been. Now, I know that some of those games against Buffalo have been fairly competitive games that, you know, blew up late, but I would expect that this is a year the Dolphins will be right in there with the Bills, if not going to take one of those games from Buffalo. And then when we get to the end of the season, I expect, what I expect is that that game, that that 17th game in week 18 is going to be a meaningful game for the Miami Dolphins. Ideally, it's a game that is meaningful in that they're looking at playoff positioning and could, you know, move up in playoff position in that game. Um, I hopefully it's not a win just to make sure you're in the playoff situation. But the nature of the beast is that it's very real possibility that even if the Dolphins have a very solid record, that they could still be looking at that situation, right? But either way, I expect that the Dolphins will be much more competitive in direct head-to-head games with the Buffalo Bills and that they are going to be right in it all the way to week 18 into that final game. And I expect, I expect them to have that meaningful game in that final week. I want and really believe that they should be playing beyond that. And they should be playing into January, playing into the playoffs. But, you know, it's a tough road and this is the NFL and there are a lot of variables, right? And there's certainly a degree of luck that factors into things. And I expect that uh, the Dolphins are going to be right in the thick of things this year. And I think... I think when all is said and done at the end of this year, this is going to be a team that is going to surprise some people in some ways because there are a lot of people that are still downplaying who the Dolphins are based on their past. And that's uh, that's always been what the Dolphins have dealt with for the past two decades is that you've got people that look at who they have been and therefore refuse to believe that they can be anything else other than what they have been. And I think this is an upper, another opportunity. And to be fair, we've said this at the beginning of each of the last three coaching regimes, that we believe that this was an opportunity for the Dolphins to really take a step forward and become something else. But more so right now, more so in this moment, because it was so 
surprising that after back-to-back winning seasons, Brian Flores was let go by the organization and Mike McDaniel came in because of that, because of the momentum of this rebuild, because of where this team is right now, and because of how successfully the team has really built around what they've got, I really believe that this is as good a chance as any for the Miami Dolphins to take that step forward and to become a team that people around this league that look at this league from a national perspective that maybe aren't specifically watching the Dolphins can look at this team and have real faith and real understanding that perhaps this is a team to look at seriously as a contender. Um, is there a world where the Dolphins make the Super Bowl this year? As I as I hinted in the last episode, yeah, I believe there is. I believe there is, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I expect the Dolphins to make it to the Super Bowl this year. I would love it if they did. I don't know that I necessarily expect that. Be over the moon. But what I expect is that we're gonna have a team that is right in the thick of it and is gonna play meaningful football in 17 out of 18 weeks this season. The other week they they won't play a game. So anytime they're playing competitive football out there, it is a game with meaning that has an opportunity to move them that much closer to that goal of making the playoffs and winning a playoff game. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say that other week they're playing the Jets. (laughs) I mean, that, that would be two weeks. Yeah. 15 out of 15 out of out of 18 weeks the dolphins will be playing competitive football. The other weeks they've got a bye and they play the Jets. So, I listen, Brain, I, I I you know, I said it before. I'm excited. I'm excited for this Miami Dolphin season. I truly truly am. Um to the point almost where I'm kind of annoyed that we have to sit through training camp in the preseason first. You know, like I kind of just want to like get right to the meaningful stuff. I want to get to the regular season. I want to I I just all I can do, all I can do every day, and you know, you you hear these, you get the beat writers there, right? You got you got David Ferrones there, you got Omar Kelly, Alan Pupard, you got Travis Wingfield, everybody's there, right? Everybody's at camp, everybody's watching. All I'm doing is just hoping that I don't get the tweet that says so and so is down on the ground holding their leg. <laughs> right. And that, that's I, the one caveat. That's the one thing that can really derail the excitement at this point. Before meaningful football is played, we are going to be very, very excited to see what this product looks like. Prior to, you know, the start of actual games, the only thing that can derail that excitement would be a catastrophic injury or two because Let's face it, like where we're at right now, nothing that happens in training camp, nothing that happens in the preseason, if it's not an injury, is really going to matter because it's all going to be, you know, like anything in training camp where the offense looks bad, you're going to say, well, hey, they're installing a new offense uh, and this defense is elite. Um, you go into preseason, you play a preseason game like you got those same excuses, plus it's the preseason, and, like, it really doesn't matter. Like, it really just doesn't matter. Uh, so, like, until we get to regular season football, you know, nothing is really going to change. If you believe right now that the Dolphins are a playoff team, barring a major injury, you're not going to change your mind bar- 
you know, going into the regular season. If you were coming into this right now thinking that I'm not sold on the Dolphins, I'm not sold on Tua, then there's nothing that Tua could go out in the preseason and throw for 12 touchdowns in two games. I mean, (laughs) that would be ridiculous that he would play that much, but like, but he could literally do that and look perfect and not throw an incomplete pass. And you would still say, well, it's the preseason. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's up against third stringers. Yeah, so there's nothing that can happen here. But what this is, is this is another step in the process. It's another stage where there is new information so that we can at least, like, to me, this isn't about those players. It's not like the preseason and the training camp is not about guys that you're hoping will take the jump because you're not going to, you're going to, you're not going to know that in the preseason. It's about those fringe guys. And it's about the question marks where it's like, Hey, like can Liam Eikenberg be a a starting guard in this league? You know, it it can Austin Jack, like is Austin Jackson, like head and shoulders above everybody else at right tackle? Because if he is, then maybe there's some reason to be a little bit excited, you know, about, about him progressing. Uh, is Noah Igbenogany going to beat out, you know, these other guys like Trill Williams and Elijah Campbell and, and, you know, these other corners that the, that the Dolphins brought in, um, and, and like make a play for serious playing time? Is Trill Williams going to like really flash and be an actual role player on this team? Like, uh, it, it's those guys. Is Channing Tindall going to come in and, uh, and immediately just be an impact player to the point where he beats out a Landon Roberts from day one? Like, those are the things that you really have to look at in, in, tr- in training camp and preseason because, you know, whether or not two is going to make a huge leap, like, you're just not going to know really. I mean, frankly, you're not going to know until like, you get to like the last quarter of the season <laughs> because we've seen Tua have three or four good weeks in a row. And it doesn't necessarily mean that he's like flipped the switch. You know, yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say that until Tua goes out and plays in a terrible weather game in the wintertime, like he did against Tennessee, but instead of having that game plays a great game, that's going to be one of the things that needs to happen to get answers you know, does that even matter? Because if, if if Tua let's let's say let's say Tua has an amazing season, but he sucks in cold weather, like he sucks in a in a terrible weather game, does that mean that Tua is not good? No, that just means all right, Tua has limitations in bad weather, so that means you need to get the number one seed so you have home field advantage, so you don't have to deal with that. Because then you're playing home games in January and you're playing the Super Bowl in all likelihood, unless you end up in like the weird situation where you play an outdoor Super Bowl in like a cold weather state. You're, you're playing, uh, you know, in perfect weather in the Super Bowl or, or with the Dolphins luck, the, the Dolphins will have this awesome season. They'll get the number one seed. Tua will get perfect weather throughout the entire playoffs. The Super Bowl will be in Miami, and it'll be pouring down rain like it was when the Colts played the Bears. Hey, uh, God, I, listen, if the Dolphins make it to the Super Bowl, we're playing with house money at that point. We get to the Super Bowl. 
That's not, true. To, not to say I wouldn't be devastated if the Dolphins lost to the Super Bowl, but at hey, home, <laughs> at home, yeah, Jesus. Anyway, listen, all of this to say, there's there's a long way to go in this preseason, and just take it day by day. And you know, like Aaron was saying, we're not gonna we're not gonna not a, we've got big questions, right? We asked our training camp questions in the last episode, and we've got questions for the regular season that we're gonna ask in a li- that we're gonna ask as we get a little bit closer to the regular season. But we're not asking those now because the the fact of the matter is we're not getting those answers, and some of those answers we're not gonna get for a few weeks into the season, right? But we can pose them at the beginning of the season so that you've you've got that landmark to look at to keep checking in with throughout the course of the season. And we will do that, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just how many roster spots are truly up for grabs on this Miami Dolphins team right now, as we head into the season. And the fact of the matter is, I don't know that there are really all that many to play for. I think a lot of them are are pretty locked in right now with this roster. And that's okay. That actually speaks really highly of just, you know, how good of a job this front office, dare I say it, has done putting this team together, quite frankly, at up to this point. And as we've said, they've got one of the best rosters that they've had. Some people think 20 years, some people think 30 years, whatever the case may be is, that means it's a pretty good roster. Although it, it certainly... Well, it's not the like Dolphins the bar has, has been set too high over the last 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So... You know, we're, we'll we'll see what happens as we go through the this training camp and and as we head into the season. I think the excitement is, I I think the excitement is going to stay pretty level. I don't know that it's going to spike a whole lot because I think everybody's pretty amped up. I'm ready for week one of the regular season right now. I don't know that a lot is going to change. Uh, you know, even if Tua throws for a couple hundred yards in a, in in the second preseason game when he plays the whole first half and he makes some connections with. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and it's electric. It's going to be exciting to watch, and I think that's something that all of us want to see, but I don't know that it's going to make me any more or less excited for this regular season than I am right now. So I'm trying to keep a level head as we have these expectations for this Miami Dolphins team this season. I feel like this is among the more positive episodes of the same old Dolphin show that we've ever done, Brian. Welcome to the preseason. Yeah, that's right. It's preseason, and there's always this year. Yeah. We're in a we're in a good place right now. Um, come back, so, come back at, around week twelve. <laughs> well, I mean, quite frankly, let's come back and check back in after week four because it's the beginning of the season that is the really rough part of the schedule for the Miami Dolphins. So we'll see how they're doing there. We'll see how they're doing at that part of the season. Um, and you know, listen, I mean, if the Dolphins start the season three and one, or um, just imagine four and zero somehow, look out, look out. As, as Dave Hyde said this week, uh, a, an amazing quote in the Sun Sentinel from Dave Hyde, the great South Florida columnist. He says, that's the Dolphins fan base 2022. They're loud, they're online, and they're desperate to make this all work out. And if you've been around Miami Twitter, like when the Heat have been on one of their runs, you've seen the cocky Heat fans, hashtag cocky heat fans and they're they're a lot to deal with right cocky heat fans are a handful online we got cocky dolphin fans and they don't even have anything to be cocky about when the dolphins if the dolphins are actually like are are like really sincerely hashtag actually good look out 
Look out. I feel bad for the likes of like Mina Kimes and Chris Sims and anybody else who the routinely downplays uh, the Dolphins because these these people, uh, they got easy triggers over there online. They, they, they get a little upset pretty easily. You know, I I enjoy it. I kind of enjoy watching people on Dolphins Twitter melt down at the national media because it's like you guys, you're this is why they do what they do. Because you react like this. This is this is just a little tip for you guys. You get all mad at what these people say. They're going to continue to say it because that generates clicks and views, which is what their bosses want from them. So, you know, just something to consider. Just yeah, something so to what, consider. What you got to do is when you see that, you just got to take a breath, put down your phone. Put on an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race and just get lost in the in the in the pageantry. Get lost in the beauty, and you know, Shantae, stay your ass on the the couch and watch a whole season. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the same old Dolphin show at DolphinsTalk.com. Aaron the Brain loves himself some RuPaul's Drag Brace. He loves himself some Real Housewives. Well, and If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess amen. Amen. Yeah, I wonder if Tua is watching RuPaul's Drag Race. I hope so. I would love him so much more. What do you think Tua's drag name would be? I don't know. Let us know. If Tua were to, to uh, this this could open up a whole other can of worms. Um, oh, dear. Okay. There it is. That's it, everybody. This is, this is the competition. For next week's show, we want to know what would Tua's drag name be if he was going to do an episode or a season of RuPaul's Drag Race. I want I want names for everybody on the Dolphins roster. Give me your best Miami Dolphins player drag name. I want to know what Teron Armstead's drag name would be. What's Tyreek Hill's drag name? I mean, Reek the Freak is just too easy. I mean, it's right there. It's right there. I'm just curious. I, I'm like curious what all these guys would name. Uh, you know, what would uh, what would um, what would Trent Sherfield's drag name be? What would what would Noah Igbenogany's drag name be? These are the these are the important questions that you can only get asked here on the same old Dolphin show. By the way, Noah Igbenogany picked off Teddy Bridgewater today. So there's a guy who is really trying to make a name for himself, by the way. He's well, talking time about to making cut a name for himself. He's not making a drag name for himself. He's making, making a name for himself picking off Teddy Bridgewater. So anyway, tweet at us, at same old Dolphins. Let us know. 
Let us know. This would be this is really the diehards that are making it this far into the show, Brain. Um, I think that's I think this is as good a time to wrap it up as any. This is the this is what happens in the preseason, right? We go off the rails a little bit at the end of the show. So here's the deal. Make sure you're following us at Same Old Dolphins is the show on Twitter. I'm at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's at A Aaron the Brain. And make sure you're you download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, everywhere that you get your podcast. And you know what else we've almost forgot to mention it today, Brain? It's very important. Make sure you visit our friends at Manscaped because listen, you gotta take care of yourself, especially if you're gonna be on drag race. You gotta you gotta take care of yourself, right? So head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Dolphins Talk. You get 20% off all the excellent products over there. They're also going to give you free shipping, which is excellent. Highly recommend. So check it out over there, manscaped.com. And uh, yeah, make sure you're you're subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel, that you turn on notifications. Make sure you're visiting dolphinstalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information, all kinds of columns, opinions, podcasts coming your way all throughout the preseason and training camp. And uh, it's going to be a blast. And stay in touch with us about all those drag names because I'm now I'm genuinely curious what some of you sick people come up with. Brain, <laughs> anything else you want to say to the people before we get out of here? I think I think that about covers it. All right. Excellent. Well then, as always, thank you for listening to the same old dolphin show. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. This could be the year. Dolphins! We're rooting for the Dolphins!